Hey, John McElroy here. Who doesn't love to jam out to their favorite song? But instead of wearing big clunky headphones or putting in earbuds, check these out. They're Bose frames. They have these tiny little Bluetooth speakers in them and you cannot believe how good they sound. In fact, you can win a pair, but you gotta post a 15-ish second video of you jamming out to your favorite song. Then you gotta post it using the hashtag AutoLineBose or you can email it to us at viewermail at autoline.tv. These things are worth about 200 bucks, so you better enter now and we're going to announce the winners on May 31st. But if you'll excuse me, I have a song to finish. This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. A few years back, GM introduced a safety system to remind drivers to check for children in the back seat. And now new legislation has been introduced in Congress that would mandate the technology. The bill would also require a study to look at the feasibility of making the technology available for older models. Last year, 48 children died of heat stroke in cars, and over the last two decades, 800 have died. The Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers said it will review the legislation, but it didn't exactly endorse it either. It pointed out that only 13% of new car buyers have children under six years old, and that it takes two decades for a technology to be installed in all cars. You know, it isn't easy being green. Even though sales of electric cars are soaring on a percentage basis, much of that growth is fueled by government subsidies. South Korea has one of the most generous subsidies. It's not a tax write-off, it's a $13,900 rebate that goes directly to consumers. Some of the bigger cities provide more subsidies worth anywhere from $2,700 to $7,400. Yet, only 1.6% of Korean car buyers buy electrics. China recently slashed its subsidies in half to about $3,700 for EVs that can go 240 miles on a charge. EVs with less range get no subsidy at all. But in major Chinese cities like Beijing and Shanghai, EV buyers can get a license plate for free, while others have to buy one at auction for over $10,000. So it's a major incentive to buy electric. In the U.S., Tesla saw a sharp drop in sales as its tax credit fell in half. At some point, electric cars will likely find natural market demand. But right now, they depend heavily on government subsidies to get people to buy them. Nearly two decades ago, China implemented a five-year plan for its auto industry, which has been updated over the years, that set the goal of having four major automakers and three to four mid-level companies. But instead, there's still dozens of domestic automakers operating in the country. Now, on AutoLine this week, Michael Dunn, an expert on the Chinese auto industry and the CEO of a company called ZozoGo, explains why we haven't seen any consolidation yet. So unless one lives in China for a long, long time, you're always waiting for consolidation happen. It doesn't happen. So it's so frustrating. Why isn't there consolidation? Any other market in the world, you come back to, it's not a market economy. It's a politically driven 
So you have a lot of little Chinas within China, and each of those little Chinas provinces has its ambitions to set up its own auto industry, and it's not going to be the first one to shut down. That somebody else shut down first. So then you go, but what about inefficiency? It's so inefficient. Yeah, okay, Chinese, there's swarms of Chinese inefficiency, but at the end of the day, they build more cars than anyone else. So uh, forever I've been waiting for the day where there's a consolidation. There's only four players, only three players. But it's not in the... It, it isn't, but even though you've got all these uh, little companies and their state governments or provincial yeah. governments are supporting them, Someday you got to pay the bills. Someday, they're not making money. I can guarantee you they're not making money. They're not making money and the taxpayers funding it. So this is where it gets interesting. With the tariffs of the Trump administration for the first time in 30 years, ever since China opened up, the Chinese consumer and the Chinese businessman is saying that profit machine of shipping to the United States, that's in danger? Ooh, I'm not going to be so... The money spigot that's been on in foreign direct investments exports is not guaranteed anymore. Uh, maybe we need to, maybe the money does start to run out. But until now, it hasn't. And Michael Dunn shares a lot of fascinating insight into the Chinese market. And you can watch that episode right now on our website, autoline.tv, or you can find it on our YouTube channel. We test drive quite a few vehicles. And to keep up with the latest cars we have in the Autoline garage, Check us out on social media to find out our likes and dislikes. Find us on Twitter by looking for at Autoline, or to find us on Instagram and Facebook, just search for the Autoline Network. Autoline Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. We provide our insight into the automotive industry, but now it's time for you to share your opinion. We want to know your thoughts on GM's attempt to get an exemption from regulators to allow it to operate a fleet of autonomous vehicles without a steering wheel or pedals. Would NHTSA be nuts to allow this? Or is it necessary to speed up the development of self-driving cars? If you want to leave a comment, give us a call at 1-620-288-6546 to leave your message, along with your name and where you're from, and we'll share those in a future show. We can't wait for your feedback. You know, sometimes the greatest things in life happen when you least expect it. We've detailed a recent road trip I took, and you can find out about the first leg on last Friday's Autoline Daily. But now on to the second leg. After a very long day of driving, we just wanted a place to sleep. After a few failed attempts at hotels that were already full, we tried one last place. And this is what we got. The Betty Boop Room. I'm going to give you a moment to soak up all its gloriousness. And this was in Kingsman, Arizona, right by the historic Route 66. In the morning, we ate at a breakfast joint with cinnamon rolls the size of my hand and checked out places with all kinds of motoring-related artwork, including an old VW bus that had been signed by many who passed by. From here, it was only a short trip to Lake Havasu City, where we were able to take a few days of R&R. But one of the days we slipped free and made our way south of Phoenix to Maricopa, Arizona, and a little place called the Dwarf Car Museum. It houses the creations of Ernie Adams, a guy who makes miniaturized versions of real cars. And what an amazing guy Ernie is, a true gentleman. He was more than happy to fire up his cars and tell you all about them. He pulled out a chair for us in his shop 
where he and friend Gene Tweedy are working on their latest creations, and we just talked about whatever was on our minds. And I learned the idea of dwarf cars has been on Ernie's mind since he was a little kid. He had once spotted an old refrigerator out in a field and thought the curves of the sides and door would make good car body panels. He first made dwarf race cars, which I'm sure you've seen tearing up dirt tracks, but eventually did get eight or nine fridges together to make this car. It wasn't meant to look like any specific vehicle, but Ernie agrees that you can see some old Dodge in there. His other cars are near dead on replicas. We asked Ernie how he gets them so close to the originals, and he sort of nonchalantly says he just measures pictures. Wait, what? Imagine how difficult that must be to measure pictures and still keep the proportions right. Then you add in that everything is all handmade. Each panel started as a flat piece of steel that Ernie hand rolled and beat out and then would weld to a birdcage-like structure that was removed after the entire panel was finished. Every part of bumper in each individual grill piece were hand-pounded over homemade dies. He also makes his own wheels and frames. About the only thing Ernie doesn't make is the engine and driveline. Those are typically from late 70s to early 80s Toyotas. It's a very personal experience that we highly recommend. And so why dwarf cars and not restore the real thing? We never did ask Ernie, but we get the sense it's because no one's done this before. And a programming note, there won't be a new Autoline Daily on Monday because we're taking the day off for the Memorial Day holiday. But that's it for today's show. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again next Tuesday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.